to Toxic Positivity. It's your party coach, Evan, and I'm so excited to be joined here today with No Leon, a.k.a. DJ Noha. Uh, we met on TikTok and uh, have been trading back and forth on how to best bring our energy and moderation and balance into the party scene. Uh, no, we were talking right before this about sort of the sobriety stints in and out of that, what that's been like for you. Uh, what has this summer felt like for you? What, where, what have your energy levels been like as you've been, you said you were doing like two, three, four shows a week. Yeah. Um, I'm DJing full time right now in Columbus, Ohio. And, uh, my regular sort of schedule is I play Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes a Thursday sprinkled in there, sometimes two gigs on a Saturday. So between three and five gigs every week, um, I'll be honest, my energy levels are pretty freaking low. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling pretty drained, and I'm trying to kind of figure out why and figure out what the fuck to do about it. Heck <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, th- this is the perfect space for it. So one of the things I do as a party coach and when I teach yoga or step into things, I do what I call a vibe check, which is I have everyone in the room go around and say, one through ten, like, what is your energy level? How are you feeling? And the reason we do that, and I really say, I was like, if you're feeling a one, two, three, like that, you need to speak up loudest because that's the most important. It's not my job as a coach to change that number. And I want to create space for you to feel that number, whatever you are in that space. I'll say, copying on this interview today, I started today as like an eight or a nine and I'm down to like a four right now. I'm losing energy too, right? So what would you, what's your number right now? What would you say you're at? first of all, I appreciate you doing that, like allowing people to just like be where they're at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. In general, I'm at like a, I would say I'm at like a strong five. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not bursting with energy, Mm -hmm. but I feel like, okay, clarity wise and my nervous system kind of feels intact. Um, So we'll say like a strong five. Heck yes. Amazing. Strong five. Perfect. So I want, I Really curious to hear later about, as you think as a DJ, you know, how, what your role is in shifting and changing the energy of crowds, right? Obviously, that's in some, some ways, that's the role of a DJ. Some people say it's more about education or sort of about money and, or about um, music, edu- how to educate people around certain vibes. I've noticed as like a yoga teacher and a coach and things like that, people respond stronger if I create space for them like as you said to just to be that to, to be on maybe the lower end of the spectrum or for the people that are on that upper end right i had somebody that walked in the other day he's like i'm feeling a 12 and i could see like in his body i was like you really are feeling a 12 today right i was like that it doesn't look like toxic positivity but yeah uh, i'll speak a little bit to you know in la you know, there's this concept of toxic positivity that good vibes only, like everyone feels good all the time, is one of the cause, is I think a major cause of a lot of people here burning out, feeling drained, like that that soul sucking like vampire energy that, that people talk about in LA is because of that good vibes only. I'm really grateful. I don't I don't feel that on a, on a day-to-day basis now because I've worked to, to evolve around that, but... What is your in experience with the phrase toxic positivity and what does it mean to you? Okay. So whenever I hear that phrase, I think of um, basically when like if somebody asks or let's just say you have like a problem in your life and you're telling a friend about it and you're like, yeah, like this is happening and this is happening and it really sucks and it's a pain in the ass. 
and then they just like override it mm-hmm. with positivity or they try and they're trying to help right they yeah. are trying to help but they just their way of doing it is overriding it with like oh no it's okay like you'll be fine and like and it's like i you know i appreciate them trying to help right that's what they're trying to do but instead of trying to force me to you know yeah put a smile on just let like it's okay like i'm okay that i feel like shit right now like yes. it's okay i just have to be this way and then it'll pass like every emotion ever right uh I, yes and my experience too it's oftentimes people that claim to be these radical empaths like i know exactly how you're feeling like let's just be positive right like cool then let's relax this <laughs> right uh I, and i saw something earlier a lot of people have been talking about just like nonviolent communication right and one of the ways to do that is to say i imagine you might be feeling this Right. And to sort of offer something like and allow space for that to happen, but to not to try to erase that feeling or to say, I know exactly how you're feeling. Right. Um, and, and that gives people space to to relate back to you. Uh, where do you feel like your role, perhaps as a DJ, uh, plays into that in people's lives? Well, something I'm realizing is it. it really depends on the platform, like what mm-hmm. the kind of gig is. Cause there's a big, big difference between like festival stage, like fucking rocking mm-hmm. out versus, um, a, you know, a small bar on a Wednesday. It's like two very, you know, both require DJs, but mm-hmm. two very different attitudes from the DJ standpoint and from the people, the attendees standpoint. Um, so there are some gigs where, I do have to be high energy. It's, mm-hmm. It is my job to be high energy and to keep the, the level up here mm-hmm. the whole time. That's my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are other, other settings where, for instance, I DJ at a place called Fireproof um, in Columbus. It's like a kind of upscale bar restaurant, and I play there um, during dinner hours. Mm-hmm. And so it's more like loungy ambiance music, right? It wouldn't make sense for me to go crazy there. Nobody wants that. Nobody's expecting that to happen. So I'm more, I play kind of like chill house, disco and like groovy background music, just to like set a cool vibe. Um, and so I, me as an individual, I just, I like to meet people where they're at with the music and invite them into a different place. Um, and you don't have to, you can always, you don't always have to like flip on the go switch and just like turn up. You can like throw out a feeler. That's the cool thing with like playing different yeah. songs. Just throw out a feeler. Like, yeah. how do they react to this high energy song? Oh, nobody really liked it. Okay, I'll keep. I'll drop it back down. I'll keep it here. Yeah. Or you throw this out, and they react really well. And you're like, oh, cool. I got plenty more of that. And so it's like, and how? And so how do you make those decisions? Right? Is it? Are you looking for specific? Like, is there two or three people in the crowd? Do you look for their faces, their emotions? Do you have like a, maybe a specific story of a time or two of like? somebody that you saw react to one of those feelers yeah i mean every every set it's uh even if it's a crazy set or a low-key one um yeah you just i i appreciate and all djs appreciate the people in the crowd that are like the most um receptive like i'm sure i feel like you're that guy like <laughs> i feel like that's yeah, you 100 yeah. <laughs> like if i'm even if you know i'm djing and like everyone's just kind of chilling. Nobody's really dancing, dancing. Like I just look for, you know, 
you know, head bobbing, mouthing the words, mm-hmm. little like a little bit of this. It, even if it's just like one super outgoing girl, I'm like, and she's like dancing. I'm like, cool. I'm gonna, I'm going based off of her because she's gonna affect her friends around her, mm-hmm. and then that group is going to affect, you know, it just like a ripple effect. Yeah. So any sort of feedback that you get, whether it's just like calm, you know, bobbing their head or or mouthing the words or full blown dancing, and we take any feedback we can get and we use that to help influence the in a fun, positive way. Yeah. Does it ever work in the reverse though, where maybe you you turn it up a little too high and then you get to bring it back? Like, how, who do you look to yeah. for that, and how do you how do you lead people back into that? perhaps calmer vibe situation. Yeah, I've, uh, I've definitely done that before. I, I kind of, my default mode is kind of chill. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, like I can do, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to like have developed the skills to kind of do it all, like any kind of mood I can, I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, have I turned up too hard and then had to dial it back? Yes. Um, so the cool thing is like, for instance, like house music, right? It's all within the same BPM range, roughly 120 to 130. So it's all like this up tempo, four on the floor, one, two, three, four. Now within that whole genre and within that whole BPM range, there are crazy songs and then there are chill songs. Um, so you basically, without changing the tempo or the genre, you can go, you can ease your way back down to a chill vibe, but still have it at that tempo. So it's not, it's not like a dra- too much of a drastic change in the room. Uh, there's so many songs and there's so many genres and so many different vibes. It's like, it's really cool trying to piece it together and just make these connections between songs in order to take people from this emotion to this emotion. And it's like, yeah. It's yeah. a really fun game. Have you ever had people that have come to talk to you about how that, that vibe has shifted their night or shifted their energy afterwards. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of the times, uh, staff, bar staff, mm-hmm. bartenders, they're like, when I play, I really try and take them into account because mm-hmm. I'm playing for them every single weekend. You know, the crowd is more or less different, but I'm playing for them every weekend. And mm-hmm. so I try not to play the same stuff in the same way. And, uh, yeah, I remember one time a bartender, uh, named, James uh, is actually a fire it was one of the first times he had seen me play and I played from like 8 p.m. to like 1 a.m. so it was like early chill dinner vibes into like party vibes and he was like dude he's like how did you do that (laughs) he was like how did you take us all from here he was like you had like the old people dancing you had the Uh, young people vibing like all within the same moment mm -hmm. and he was like how did you do that like yeah, I mean, that, I, that's your job. Yeah. yeah. That's my job. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of producers and DJs out there who make really good music that, and a lot of good, re- like, for instance, like a new remix of an old song that caters to the young people and the old people at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I like to use a lot of those tools to help blend the crowds that are there together so yeah. that everybody's on the same page. Yeah. Heck yes. Well, speaking of, you know, like blending and crowds and energy you know i think we met and sort of connected around i talk a lot around you know how do you enjoy yourself with less anxiety and less substances right like what is there a natural confidence that we can bring back to the party scene that enable us to connect and sort of feel in those places 
I think for most of us, the way that we are introduced into the party scene is like, hey, you know, like, get drunk. It makes you feel free. You're able to, like, let yourself go. And we're, we we feel ourselves, oh, wow, like, I'm able to quiet down that voice in my head. And, like, a dance floor becomes this place of freedom. And, like, drugs and alcohol become a, a pivotal, important part of that. But when you seek to unblend some of those things, there's a fear that comes in, right? Of like, oh, I can't be that person anymore because I don't have these tools for me. What has your experience and journey been around the blending of those tools and where do you sit now with with those? Um, you mean like um, kind of with myself or what, what I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, let's maybe start with you to start, yeah. Um, I think... I, I I realize I operate in these cycles. So I'll go, I'll be in these cycles where I'm like feeling empowered and I'm like, I don't want to depend on these substances to enjoy myself. That seems silly. Um, and then I do that for a while. And then I go on these sober kicks and I feel good and I feel empowered and I chase, um, what's the word? Like real dopamine mm-hmm. versus just take a sip of this instant dopamine. Like they call it like cheap dopamine, I right. guess. Um, so I find myself when I'm doing, when I'm more sober, I'm like, I'm more productive. Um, I have more confidence because there's no, I don't, I don't feel the shame of Mm. having to rely on alcohol or weed or Molly or mushrooms or whatever. Um, I feel more confident in myself because I'm like, yeah, this is me. Like I'm doing this without the help of an external substance. Um, so I, I would go in these cycles, um, and then every now and then, so I'm sober for a while, and then whatever it is, I one night I just decide, screw it, I'll do three tequila shots within an hour, and then I'm like, I feel electric because I haven't drank in a while, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing, and then that becomes like the new high, and then I try and chase that, you know, then the next couple times that I party, but it doesn't hit the same as that mm-hmm. one time. Mm-hmm. And then you, it falls back into like the dependency thing. Oh, I need this mm-hmm. to feel that way um, that I did a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so it's like it's I go in these these cycles. Yeah. So do you? Uh, so like on those nights where those the three tequila shots come out, is is the excitement and the spontaneity of like, oh, I wasn't sure I was going to do this, and therefore it comes in, or is the excitement and I don't know where it's going to go from here, right? Do you, yeah. like, do you understand the difference Spont- between those two things? Spontaneity, yeah. I realized, with especially with drinking, um, it's a way more fun drunk yes. when it's when you're not planning it because you're like, oh, you know, whatever. You, one of your old friends we, you haven't seen in a while comes around, and then that's an excuse to do a shot, and you weren't expecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that those times are, are a lot of fun. Yep. But, uh, but that's the thing. You can't control spontaneity. Yeah. And so the next time you go to that tequila, it's not spontaneous. You're making the decision. So it's not nearly as fun. Yes. But we chase it as if it's going to be that spontaneous fun. And this is what I haven't quite cracked yet as the party coach. Because when people come to me and they say, hey, you know, like, I want to feel more balanced. Or I want to feel more connected. Or I want to bring Wallace into my weekends. A very effective tool that I have is is having people set intentions, right? And it's a three-part intention. I've said this many times in this podcast, but 
uh, before you go out, write down how you want to feel during the party. Like, what is that, like, feeling? And some some people want to feel, like, disconnected and go, like, I want to let go. Some people, like, I want to feel close to my friends. Some people, like, I want to be with music, whatever. Then how do you how do you want your body to feel when you're leaving, right? So, like, when you get in that Uber home, maybe you're, like, left it all on the dance floor. That's an okay intention. But maybe you're, like, I want to feel rested because I have something to do tomorrow, right? And then finally, like, a week or four or five days later, how do you want to feel? What are you proud of? of what you did that night, right? And setting that three-part attention still allows wiggle room for some spontaneity because you can feel inside of that, but, and it doesn't like block it off of like, I can only have one drink and I only do this, right? So setting out those anchors of intentions, I found is, clients find really effective. But if you're somebody that's like, I really don't want to drink and like, there is, listen, there's something different and special about that like surprise type thing in there, right? And at least for me in my life right now, I'm in a place where I can't allow that surprise in anymore, right? Like just for me, like when I do that and if I'm like fully like by the seat of my spontaneity pants, when I bring substances and like that into my life, um, it just, it doesn't go well for me anymore, right? And, and you, everyone has to find what that line and what that is for you, right? But I, like this last weekend, I just went to this, amazing music festival up in Ojai and I was I, I was sober the whole weekend although I set intentions for spontaneity along the weekend and you know I sleep is very important to me but like on Saturday night like the vibe was heavy somebody one of my friends was went to this like speakeasy room that was air conditioned in the desert and I was like I'm staying up I did some breath work I was like doing this in the corner I stayed up till 4am dancing like boiler room style in the desert with my yeah. friend you know and like I was exhausted the next day and I felt tired, but I was sober, you know, and like I still had that in my life, you know, like, so I, I believe that there is room for both in this and my mission as a party coach is to like help people find what that balance is. But I guess for you, um, you were talking about sort of like energy levels and where you're at right now. As you start, as you make these decisions on what gives or takes away energy, how have substances and those things played a role for you in the past and, and how might they play a role now? Uh, energy wise. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'll just start with right now. It's, it's hard because I am DJing so much and I am sort of, I'm expected to deliver a certain amount of energy, mm-hmm. whether I, whether I do actually deliver that energy, like me, myself, as I'm playing or the energy is just in the music. Mm-hmm. I play best when I'm embodying the music that mm-hmm. I'm playing. That's, that's, to me, that's the, my favorite set. Yeah. That's my, that's when I walk away at the end of the night and I'm like, I, that was great. I yeah. like that. When I embody what I'm playing. Now, if I'm supposed to, I'm expected to be high energy three, four nights a week, I can't always embody that high energy. Um, and so that's when I turn to like alcohol mm-hmm. to loosen me up mm-hmm. and to get me out of my head. Um, and so I'm kind of in this weird place right now where, I I want to be high energy, but I also don't want a drink. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to, to, you know, be lively without it, but it's hard, especially when I'm dependent on it for so long. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, in this weird place. Um, But yeah, in, in the past there was a, so there've been moments where like, and this, this is one of those spontaneous moments that, you know, starts the cycle over again that, you know, you start to chase that feeling where like one of like a very important moment in my life that led to 
um, me basically my DJ career taking off in Baltimore, um, which is where I lived before Columbus, Ohio. That's where I really took off with DJing. Um, because I was so drunk and loosened up, I had the courage to go talk to this DJ who's, who we exchanged info. He ended up sending my info to his boss. His boss owns a production company who, uh, shout out RMR Entertainment, shout out Ralph. But, um, and then that got me linked in with this group, which led to me getting a bunch of gigs, mm-hmm. which led to my DJ career taking off. Mm-hmm. All because I was drunk and mm-hmm. loose enough to go talk to that guy. Mm-hmm. And so I, I tell myself, well, man, sometimes good things happen when you drink. Sometimes. Sometimes. It's yeah. really rare. <laughs> it's really rare. But I tell myself that those moments are always around the corner. Yes. So it's like another st- stupid little thing that I tell myself. But, you know. Yeah. I I, just, I, it's such like it's such a relatable anecdote. I think anyone that's listening to this, you know, like I, for me, you know, for me, it goes back to my therapist hears uses all the time. You know, like my, as I was like this closeted kid in high school who like could like was trying to like kiss girls and make out with girls, like it, it like it didn't work at all. And finally, I get drunk one time in the backyard and I kiss a boy, and it's like forever on alcohol said that that was the thing that was going to give me the superpower to do the things that I was too afraid to do. Right. And it's taken a long time to unwind that because when I look at the data, all the times that I've actually like fucked things up and like not done the right thing is like so much more than that other one. Right. But, but our minds will continually come back to that thing because it did unlock something true. Right. And there is truth in that. I think yeah. this is where I talk about this toxic positivity of where does the positivity of these things turn toxic, right? Because they do give us things that we want. And if they didn't work, mm-hmm. it wouldn't like, like, and the people that are moralizing, like alcohol is terrible. And like, listen, for health issues aside and all those things, like obviously like it provides a lot of people, a lot of joy. Right. And we can't deny that that's, that's the truth. Um, but how do we, again, so two things, why, what as we get older you know, our bodies and minds start to change, but our confidence and our experience in the world changes as well. So the same way that like an athlete might train differently as they get into their late twenties, like LeBron's work, the way that he trains now, his body and mind and stretching and, and, and work is going to shift and change. He has to be more holistic about how he takes care of his body than he was when he was 21. Like why like we get to do that with partying, right? And with what we do as well. So I see you already like working through a lot of these ideas and things right now. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it, it's sleep, it's nutrition. It's all those things that you can possibly do on the front end that, yeah, maybe you can't show up for a gig on, you know, four hours of sleep the night before, five hours of sleep before, and you sort of ate like crap. And like the alcohol looks really good at that time, right? Because that's going to give you that thing in the moment. But then you're constantly in that cycle. For me, I know like if I'm going out to a festival for the weekend, I need I prioritize sleep. I prioritize my nutrition. I eat really clean for the three days before. And I felt great this whole weekend, right? But it requires that more holistic health to get us to all of these levels. Um, so yeah, I guess what does... What does your like wellness schedule look like on other days of the week? Do you think about those sorts of things as you lead up to the gigs for the weekend? Um, right now, so during, I would say like during like real quarantine, like 2020, yeah. like April, like the real, the real, the real stuff. Uh, that was actually, that whole summer was when I developed like 
the hell that was the healthiest I've ever mm. felt as an adult. Yeah, and it's actually it sounds fucked up, but it's because I I had a break from partying and DJing, yeah. and on top of that, I was like, all right, I'm going to be at home, you know, on you know for an undetermined amount of time. I'm not going to smoke weed. I'm going to take this time. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to smoke weed. I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't for for up to I think I went three months. No weed. No alcohol. Mm-hmm. No mushrooms, nothing else. That yeah. was it. Um, but that was when I got into a really good rhythm of like meditating, um, just yoga and stretching. Mm-hmm. I, I started running a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like exercise, meditating, um, and just make sure I eat enough. That's my thing is I have to make sure I eat enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm getting back into that. Yeah, yeah. What are the what are the blocks to keeping those things in your life now? Like, what do I do to make sure that I keep doing those? Oh, things? Oh yeah, or you said you're doing less of those things now, right? Or or uh, as more, like... well, I, I I'm just in the past couple of weeks I've been getting back into nice. it. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> all that other time I was not in it. Yeah. But uh, I mean. So what was blocking me from yeah. choosing those healthy habits? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, like, I feel like I operate a lot off of momentum. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I make one bad decision, mm-hmm. I'm way more likely to make another and another <laughs> yep. and another. Yep. Same thing with good decisions. Yeah. But I, with when it comes to making, quote, good decisions, like just not getting drunk or, you know, whatever, waking up at a decent hour or whatever, I, like, I tell myself, like, well, all right, if I, if I, you know, decide to go run or stretch or meditate, then I have to just get my whole life together. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And like, that seems like such a daunting task. Yes. Like, Fuck. Yeah. It's so much, why don't I just keep scrolling? Yes. You know what I mean? And yeah. It's like, so it's like, it's really just momentum. I'm like, which direction? It's really easy to fall into the quote, bad direction. Yeah. It's really easy. Yeah. Um, but the other one takes effort and, yeah, you just have to let go of all the other shit so that you can move forward. Yes. And it seems like a daunting task, and so I put it off. But yeah. every time I do it, that's when I feel my best and my most confident. Yes. Gosh, so relatable. And again, like why I I believe that I was sent on Earth to do what I do is, you know, I've always been somebody that, Again, likes to keep the vibe going, loves to party. I truly believe like better parties save the world. Like it's it unites generations, it puts different yeah. cultures in, in together. Like, all that cheesy like cliche stuff. But on a very basic level, you know, pa- like parties give us an opportunity to not spend time in that like catastrophic thinking of like oh like all of these decisions are gonna be mean everything else right it's a time to turn that off a little bit but oftentimes the decisions that we're making to put ourselves into that state then trickle and ripple into into those other areas of our life right and i just think it's wild that we have therapists for our mind and body again i posted this on instagram today we have we have therapists for our mind we have nutritionists and fitness people yeah, for our body i like that but, process. I saw that one. but we like why don't like nope like we don't have anyone talking about how to integrate your social life like there's nobody like the idea that i get a lot of hate as like who needs a fucking party coach like 
everybody. <laughs> like, we're ignoring this pivotal... Why Why do we get fit in the gym? Why do we spend all this money? It's so that we look hot so that we can fuck people. You know, why do we... You know, why do we have fitness? It's so that we can get drunk on the weekend so we can feel confident enough to, like, meet friends, right? It's all these things are towards this moment of decision-making that we're making on the dance floors in these places, but but we're not holistically thinking about what, how do we... How do we make decisions? How do we make the one be- like slightly better decision in the moment that is going to cascade into the wellness and all these other areas too? So yeah, it's just wild to me so that true. yeah that we don't <laughs> that we don't that people more people aren't talking about this and doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I especially when, when it comes to festivals, that's when I really like, especially like a three day camping festival. That's when I'm like. I feel like I find this great balance between partying and just living and Mm -hmm. like, because there's so much to experience at a festival. And I'm like, I don't just like, there's so much to do here. I don't just want to get fucked up Mm -hmm. and then eventually pass out and not really remember anything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and so then I'm forced to prioritize like, okay, this is when I'm going to, this is when I'm going to take my mushrooms, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to go the entire day just going around talking to people. You know, I'm going to jump in the lake at this time of day or I'm going to do something and like, Cause it's like, it's, it's like a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. And well, life is a marathon too. So yeah. it's just like, but yeah. we act like it's all a sprint. Yeah. Well, I, and life, <laughs> life is a four hour set where you get to, you know, like there's people that are, that are consistent in your life that sort of see you through that full four hours, like those bartenders that you have. And there's new people coming in every weekend. Right. And how do we sustain I'd build a social life that we can sustain. I want to be partying when I'm 60, 70 years old. You know, like I want to still have the skills to do that. And that's the vision that I, I'm working on. And it's people like you that I get to connect with that are, I can see are already ahead of the curve that are looking at ways to sort of architect this. Um, that I just think are, are, it's, I'm really optimistic about it. Like I see, I the trend lines are really, I think positive. Um, yeah. But obviously there's a pullback too. So I guess finally, yeah, little questions finally is, we haven't talked too much of this, but yeah, do you feel peer pressure as as a DJ? Do you have friends that like, I, again, when I've worked with DJs in the past, that one of the hardest things for them is like when they're on the road or when they're out DJing, it's like people expect them to like bring that the after party, right, as well and just sort of bring yeah. all sides of it. How, what's yeah. your relationship to that side of the job? Um, It's not... I mean, I certainly feel the peer pressure. Um, it's not too bad though, because mm-hmm. I'm like, believe it or not, like I'm not, I'm a very like reserved mm-hmm. person. Like I'm not, unless I'm in a very good, confident mood. Like, I don't know in order for me to be like super extroverted, all the, all the stars have to be aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've, I've done the, the sober stints so much that I've, I've sort of like gotten used to, like saying like, ah, oh, sorry, like I'm not drinking or like I've gotten used to that. So that initial blow isn't as strong as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like some of my friends here, you know, have been around me when I'm doing that. And so it's, it's becoming more of a familiar thing to my peers. Um, so it's not, the peer pressure isn't nearly as great as it, as it used to be when I first started. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I'm, the most confident I've ever been. So I don't have a problem saying no, thank you or no, thanks. I'm not drinking or whatever. Um, and people are, people are pretty understanding. 
Mm-hmm. The only people that aren't understanding are people who are already like shit faced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what? And they can't control their, their anything. You know, they can't control what's happening in that moment. Um, but for the most part, I find that, especially in the rave scene, um, as opposed to the sort of normal party scene, in the rave scene, people are pretty understanding about it. Yeah. Um, you know, we're all just trying different shit out, you know, and like that's the common ground. I yeah I you're I'm flashing back to I so I lived in Cleveland for like a while uh, nice. four four hundred sixty five days I think I counted them um, <laughs> but uh, you know I had moved there after New York I was coming off of the rave scene and was in Cleveland and oh not a not a, a big rave scene there but yeah what I was finding there was like forward nightclub you know sort yep. of that big outdoor one which was which was fun but like I remember it was just it, drinking was the only way that I could relate to people, right? And I would show up at 11 on a Sunday and just, like, be drinking all day with these people. And I remember just feeling like crap every Monday and not knowing, but not having the tools and not knowing how to get outside of that as a possibility. And what I talk about what I do and why I want to have these conversations with you and as many people as possible is just create portals for possibility, right? Anyone who's listening to this, like... If you think it's not possible for you, it is. Like so it's uh, there's so many people can do it and if if it didn't feel great for you the first time or the second time you tried to go out sober, you tried to do this sober, completely normal. It might take 7 to 10 times the same way yes. that when you step into a gym and like it's hard to it's hard to bench press, like it took me yeah. a year to learn how to like be comfortable in the gym, right? But once you push past that uncomfortability and you build those muscles, What's possible for you is everything you've ever dreamed. You know, it's it's right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, no, it's definitely not easy at first. Um, but also, also, myself included, like, if, if we, we, we go to a party sober and it's something that we don't do a lot, we get so, like, we're fucking terrified. Like, if you would have, like, I don't know, if you would have, like, checked our blood pressure at that point, it would be the same as somebody who's about to like have a UFC fight or something. It's like, but what's, what's the danger? Yeah. We're going to go out and be a little bit awkward. Yeah. Like what's what, there's no real consequence. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. Like it's not like we're going to die. We're not going to war. We're just going to be a little bit more anxious. Um, and yeah, we might have to make some people feel uncomfortable by declining their, their offers to, yeah. you know, for a shot or or something. And that's not our problem. Like, yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it, it's just funny the way we think about it. It's as if like we're literally going to war, but it's not. Like I, that's why I just tell myself, I'm like, am I going to die? Am I going to get injured? Like, no, like I'm all right. Like <laughs> I'll be a little, I'll be more anxious than normal, but then you get to the end of the night and you're, the night's over and then you're like, yeah. shit was easy. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So much of it is, that gap between the expectations we have of our, our, our self-esteem of ourselves and the ex- imagined expectations of what other people have of ourselves, right? There's that hole. And that's what we try to fill with. If, if we don't fill it with booze, we fill it with anxiety, right? We fill it with other types of things. But the alternative that, that I think you and I can offer for anyone listening is you know, fill that with the joy of music. Fill that with pulling somebody onto the dance floor that that looks more anxious than you right you can create 
yeah. experiences instead of consuming experiences for other people. And as soon as you step in that creation mode, you become the hero, right? You become like yeah. that the, the the lead character in a story where you've been making yourself a, a tertiary character, you know. And that's possible with you know DJing with with any sort of thing of what are you creating instead of consuming. That's and that's funny because like yeah, you pull people onto the dance floor. And people are like, oh man, this guy's wild. Yeah. Wait, what's he on? Like, yeah. I'm fucking sober, dude. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, huh. And then it makes them think. Yeah. Amazing. Well, uh, yeah. What What do you have going the rest of the summer? What is your What does your schedule look like? Where can people see you? Yeah. What does that look like? Um, so my biggest uh, gig this summer is I'm playing the silent disco at Breakaway Festival in Dumb. Columbus. Cool. Um, that is. It's going to be Friday, August 26th. Nice. Um, don't know my time slot yet, but if you're going to Breakaway in Columbus, you haven't bought your tickets yet, uh, check out my Instagram. Uh, click the link in my bio and use my promo code, promo code NOHA uh, for 20% off. So if you're thinking about going to Breakaway, click the link in my bio um, and use NOHA at checkout, get you to a discount. I'm going to be playing a lot of my own house music that set. I'm going to try and make it as much of a NOHA set as possible. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, other than that, I'll just have my regular residencies around Columbus, Parlay, uh, Gallup Park, Fireproof, and Forty Deuce out in Easton. So you can catch me at any of those places on a weekly basis uh, in Columbus. Heck yes. Uh, finally, yeah, like any advice for someone who you know has maybe listened to this and is thinking, okay, like, what is my first night out going to look like with a little bit less um, substances or booze? What, what what should they do on that first night? I guess it kind of depends on, like, where where you're coming from. Like, if you're, like, a binge drinker and you drink a lot and you just drink to forget, I would say, and you, but you want to, you know, cut back or be sober, I would say, like, go out. And just tell yourself, like, okay, I'm allowed to have two drinks, where normally you have eight. Just tell yourself, all right, I'm allowed to have two. And then you'll realize, oh, that wasn't so bad. Like, I still was able to talk to people. Like, it wasn't weird or anything. And then if you want to eventually get sober, like, and go out and not have to drink anything, just give yourself, tell yourself, all right, I can drink one cocktail tonight or one beer tonight. Um, the A lot of time or a lot of the reason that I procrastinate on things like this or just big tasks in general is because they seem so big. Mm -hmm. So going from where you normally drink 10 drinks in a night and then thinking, Oh man, I'm going to go out and drink zero. Like that seems impossible. Mm -hmm. Fine. Just drink two then. Mm -hmm. And that's, so it's like start small, give mm -hmm. yourself room to get like one win. Yeah. You know, just, and, and if possible, find some, find someone else to do it with you, right? Find, again, the, the yeah. biggest thing, the hardest thing I always found That's, was just like the loneliness yeah. of it is like, I didn't want to feel like I wasn't a part of whatever, right? So yeah. find someone to, to work with and, uh, and things will, will feel a little bit easier. So That's really good yeah. advice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not feeling alone in it helps a lot. Yeah. 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 Well, you you'll never have to be alone with the party coach and DJ Noha in your corners. Please reach out to me or or him. I'm sure with any of these questions, we'd love to work with you. I was checking out some of his um, playlists and, and mixes and stuff like that, and it's already I'm I'm throwing stuff on my next workout playlist for this week. Um, you know, for me, 
creation is is where I get to step into, right? Like I, if I'm going out to a music fest the week week next week. I will literally think, okay, what am I creating this week before? Am I reach proactively reaching out? Am I listening to the DJs? Am I figuring out like what's you know what's going to happen and just get in that creation mode so that it doesn't feel like I need to consume just to to fit in to whatever it is. And uh, it's a really yeah, liberating, great feeling. Yeah, yeah. The intention thing you said is is huge. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. I'm gonna start implementing that. Yeah. Find out what it is. What do I actually want? In this yeah. World? Heck Let's yes. And listen. And oh, yeah. Final point on that. Like intentions aren't promises, and you nobody has one purpose. You can have a purpose for multiple seasons of your life. For most of my twenties, my purpose was to party as hard as possible with as many drugs as possible, and I and I had fun, right? And now my purpose has shifted, right? And my, and my right, and my purpose shifted and changed. But like, don't think that declaring, like, finding a temporary purpose is better than floating around with no purpose. And find what you can, find what interests you right now, and just move towards it. So, heck yes. All right, Noah, thank you so much for joining me on Toxic Positivity. My vibe has gone up, even as I'm, I'm at like a seven or eight again after talking to you. Wait, so the, ener- the energy has moved on up. So thanks for um, bringing this uh, authenticity to this podcast and to everyone else that needs it. Thanks. Yeah, man, of course. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, just I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. Peace.